Welcome to Pardon the Intermission, a podcast that takes a look at movies, TV, and all things entertainment from the past, the present, and the future. Remember to subscribe and like the podcast and give a review. This helps out the podcast and is greatly appreciated. Now on to the show. Yes, hey everyone, welcome to Pardon the Intermission. I'm Eric. And I'm Jason. And this is our special episode. This is like literally right, I, I would say, it's not the theater, but I'm going to say no. it's right out of the box review because right. we literally just got done yes. watching Picard episode, yep. season three, episode number 10. 10, which also happens to be the series finale, folks. After episode 10, no more Star Trek Picard. No Zip, more. Zilch gone in the, <laughs> in the annals of great Star Trek lore. It's in the books. Yes. In the books. And like Eric said, folks, we literally just stepped into this room, into our little broadcasting studio here, just like 10 minutes away from having watched the last episode of Picard. And Eric, all I have to say is on a galactic scale of 10 stars, this was 20. <laughs> I mean, well, and let me just let me just preface that by saying the whole series, not yeah. this episode, the whole series, 20 out of 10. Yeah. When you think about the lethargic reviews they got coming out of season two, going mm. into season three, there was a whole lot of pressure on how to make season three work to kind of get that sour taste out of our mouths from season two a little bit. Yeah. And they did it. And so, I mean, yeah. hats off to every one to and I just literally I don't know if Terry Madalus follows me on Twitter or if Jonathan Frakes or Patrick Stewart or Michael Dorn or Gates McFadden or Brent Spiner do because <laughs> I literally tweeted them all Todd Stashwick your man crush as well yeah I tweeted yeah. them all and Jerry Ryan as well and I said thank you thank you thank you thank you this was quality Star Trek at its best it had not only the ideals that Star Trek has preached over its 60 some odd year franchise mm. history but we saw action we saw suspense we saw some heartfelt moments it doesn't get any better than this oh my god eric i'm almost out of breath i'm taking up too much of the mic time you need to take over a little bit here well you know i i you know what i'm letting you talk because i i gotta be honest i i'm kind of speechless i don't know what to say i'm i'm kind of just like you had had already mentioned this, yes. this thing this thing was for a fan just truly a yes. fan of, of of Star Trek. This thing was uh, blew me away. <laughs> yeah, it, it was amazing. It was perfection. It was great. It, was great. it, it, it was really great. was. It, it was perfection. Yes. Um, this whole season, and especially the last two episodes, but but specifically this episode, the finale, yes. was unbelievable. And yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know. I I I'm really. I got to tell you, man. I'm really kind of choked up about it right now. I really, you I know. It's it's kind of hard yep. because I don't I don't want it to end. I even told you it's funny. We started watching. We started. Here's the deal. Uh, we forgot to mention last that we talked about in the last uh, podcast about Picard that they were actually yeah. showing this on IMAX. Yeah, they and, were. And I was so here's and it's funny because I told you too after it. I go, you know what? They're probably kicking themselves because they opened it. They opened it to limited theaters, limited mm -hmm. IMAX theaters, right? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, they probably would have opened it to more if yes. they would have known that there was such a huge, it was so popular, such a huge swell of, of, uh, uh, of Star Trek fans that would have been engaged right. in, in this in, in yeah. this show. I mean, I would have myself, I would have loved mm -hmm. to have seen, I if, if our local, we don't have an IMAX, I don't think, here anymore. No, but if, anymore. if it was still, and or if we could have got closer, I would have I watched I it. Done it. 
and IMAX for sure. Yep. I I would have I would have dished out the twenty, thirty, or forty bucks required to go see it. <laughs> for Hand, sure, hands for down, sure, hands down. But you know, and, and but I but I got to say yes. I mean, I'm I'm at the same time. I when we first turned it on, we instead of we watched it in in uh, not IMAX but uh, uh, Eric Max. We watched E-Max. Eric Max. I we watched it in Emax theater. <laughs> Emax <laughs> theater with surround sound. My yeah, my my home theater, which is just right, basically right. a living room with a TV and a sound bar. But, right, but no, uh, this thing, um, it was. I I when we I flicked it on, I told you, I said I'm gonna watch. Even even we didn't skip. We didn't skip the recap. I go, you know what? I'm gonna enjoy every minute of this because yeah. this is it. This is it. So I have to enjoy every minute of it. Yeah. And man, I gotta say, I'm. I don't know why. I'm just. I'm kind of overwhelmed with emotions right now because yeah i am too i am here, here's the deal and i and i'm overwhelmed because of this because you know what <clears throat> this is this season was this was what fans of of any i mean basically the, the main two sci-fi shows we can probably say are star wars, star wars and, star and star trek, trek right yeah. this is what fans of have been wanting out of these shows you know yes. or any beloved <clears throat> show that yeah. that that comes back and mm-hmm. Instead of kind of the the you know the way they've taken characters for whatever reason uh, that fans don't agree with, this show definitely delivered for fans. And I'm gonna say yes, it was. You know, watching it in the end, especially the end of yeah. of this uh, finale, you know, it was complete fan service. And you know what? I don't care. I loved every minute of it. Yep. I don't have a problem with it. Give us yep. the fan service. You know. Yeah. And it's not just fan service. It's also doing respect mm-hmm. to the characters that yep. are there and not just switching up some character for some other reason or some right. other agenda. Right. Just stay true to the characters. And Terry right. Matalus, you you did an amazing job Boom. of doing that for, for us for season three. I mean, unbelievable. And, you know, Eric, we've credited Terry Matalus nonstop during uh, all of our last several episodes when we reviewed uh, Star Trek Picard. But let's also... Also throw our hands out there to Michael Shaben, okay. another lifetime yeah. Star Trek fan. For those of you who know Michael Shaben, you know him better as a Pulitzer Prize winning writer. He wrote a, a fantastic fictional book called The Adventures of Cavalier and Clay, which won the Pulitzer Prize. Mm. Michael Shaben, a fantastic writer. Akiva Goldsman, who has been around Hollywood for quite some time, has been attached to a lot of blockbusters as a screenwriter and a producer. He did a, he produced A Beautiful Mind with Ron wow. Howard. He was also part of the Batman franchise, for better or worse, George Clooney. Um, <laughs> but Akiva Goldsman, and he was also attached to several other big big box office hits in throughout Hollywood's history, or at least during his time in Hollywood. So let's, I mean, and there are many others that yes. worked on this that we, I mean, if we had all their names, we would be here all night. And, and, but we, anyway, we, we could just say cast and crew, yeah, cast because. and crew. I mean, boom, they, they hit it out of the park. And you know, Eric, what you said earlier, just a few seconds ago about this is what the fans wanted holds so true, especially with Star Trek fans, because mm-hmm. like Star Wars fans, like Harry Potter fans, like uh, James Bond fans, we are rabid about our franchise. We love it. It's passionate. It drives us. It inspires us. It motivates us. Star Trek has inspired astronauts. It's inspired mm-hmm. scientists. It's inspired doctors. It's inspired teachers. It's inspired tech. Tech, exactly. Yeah. Tech. The, the modern, the, the cell phones that we use. Yeah. Hello. 
Captain Kirk, when he flipped open that communicator, yeah. there you go. Now, eventually the cell phone would have come along, but Star Trek has been cited on numerous occasions in popular scholarly articles and magazines like Popular Mechanics as being a major influence on a lot of modern-day technology that we use and take for granted. But getting back to our fandom, Eric, because we take it so rapidly and so seriously, again, when I said on our last podcast that Star Trek Nemesis really didn't do the cast and crew of Next Generation Justice mm. because it didn't give them a proper send-off in a way, yeah, this came back and redid all of that. This came back and swept up the mess that was under the rug, and it vacuumed it up. And this was, we got the ending that we wanted, and just a brief spoiler alert for those of you who haven't seen it yet, because well, the episode just dropped They're going to be spoilers, so... Just yeah. going to say, all of the next generation cast, cast members live. <laughs> Nobody dies in this one, okay? That is what got me the most. I, yes. was, I was for sure, I was for sure that right? Picard was going to sacrifice himself to save his son. Right. And they fooled me. They did a great job because they set it up. They sold it very well, too. They sold it very well. That's yes. what I'm talking about. When, yes. when Picard was walking, they're getting ready to go into that board cube, and he's yes. like, it's been a pleasure. And, it's been an you know, honor. It's been an honor yeah. and all that yeah. stuff, you know, and the goodbye with Beverly. And I thought, yep. this is it. He's, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. Right, right. You know what? Thank you. Thank you, guys. Yes. Because honestly, to sit, sorry for spoilers, but to yeah. see them playing poker at the end of uh, it, it, all of them, all yeah. of them there and enjoying themselves yes. and having fun was the best thing that could have ever happened to yep. to the series or, or to e even the movie legacy, but yep. to the, the, the series of The Next Generation. And that poker scene at the end was a direct homage to um, the very last scene in the final episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, which was called All Good Things, mm. where Picard goes into Riker's quarters. They're all assembled around the poker table. He sits down, and I still remember what he says. He looks at all of them, all of his crew members there, and he says... I wish I had done this a lot sooner. Mm. And then I think it was Crusher who said you were always no, it was Troy who said you were always welcome anytime. And then he ah. start he starts dealing the cards and then the camera, just like in this in in the final episode of Picard, goes up on an aerial shot a little bit and you see, it pans out and it gets the whole everybody uh, it gets the whole view of everybody the table, at the table everybody from above. Around, yeah. And then in that final episode, all good things, Picard is dealing cards and he says, Well, my friends uh oh what does he say i just i had it in my mind and then i lost it he said um here's to the stars or here's to the journey or something like that mm. and may our journey never end or something like that so uh. fast forward to this that was a direct homage to that last scene in um next generation called all good things and that one particularly had me choking back i'm just like oh man they didn't those, those rat nuts <laughs> they had to do that yeah they got it what what was the one thing that surprised you the most in this episode the one thing that surprised me the most in this episode, I will say, is that we didn't have more Deep Space Nine characters in this. Okay. So we saw two characters from Voyager in this, Seven of Nine, Jerry Ryan, and then mm -hmm. actor Tim Russ, who portrayed Tuvok yeah. on Star Trek Voyager, was in it. I was really hoping that we would see at least one... Well, Worf was on DS9, but he, yeah, was, true, true. he was not a member of the original crew of DS9. Yeah. I was actually hoping that we would see Avery Brooks's character, Captain Sisko. The mm. reason why is because in the pilot episode of Deep Space Nine, um, Avery Brooks's Captain Sisko... 
that that pilot episode was called Emissary, and uh, uh, Patrick Stewart made a cameo in that pilot episode as Captain Picard. Okay, and there's a scene where they get to Deep Space Nine. They're getting ready to drop off Cisco at his new post. He goes and meets with Captain Picard because Picard wants to tell him, "Okay, here's where you're posted at. This is why it's important. Blah blah blah, all this stuff." And Cisco hates Picard mm. because in the Star Trek timeline, when Picard was assimilated by Locutus. He destroyed the ship that Cisco and his wife were on, uh, and his okay. son. Now he was able to f- rescue his son, but his wife was killed, oh, and so man. Cisco always harbored that hatred of Picard mm. for being Locutus. And I, I got to admit, Eric, I would have loved to have seen Avery Brooks come back in some form as Captain Cisco and kind of tie in a little loose end story there where they make amends or he says, "Hey, I respect you" or something like that. Yeah. But I would have liked to have seen one more Deep Space Nine character in there at least. But even though that didn't satisfy me overall i was just still impressed and i think in a way it was good that they had the characters in it that they wanted to because i'm sure they probably could have had carte blanche to throw in a whole bunch more in there but if yeah. you do that then you run the risk of muddling down the story yeah line. exactly you, you jam up you come up the works you know it's like it was working so well and if yeah. you try to yeah. do you, there is, there is a point to fan service that yeah. it can be too much too much mm-hmm. and so yeah i mean yeah. i think what they did is fine and, and they can always and with with Okay, so here's the deal. We know that, um, I was going to say, we know that with uh, the ending of this, uh, Seven of Nine is now captain. Yep, she's captain. Of of the new... USS Enterprise. Enterprise G. Yep. um, Which was awesome. So my point is that now that she's the captain, there is actually, and and obviously there's going to be a a series going forward. I mean, there's no way. The way they ended this, there's no way there's no series. So they could actually bring in some more Deep Space Nine characters because of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think, and and, and we, we, I mean, there's rumors it's going to be called Legacy, possibly. Possibly, yeah. So if this new TV series, Star Trek Legacy, um, they can bring him in, you know, so that that would at least maybe Captain Cisco can can make uh, an appearance there somewhere. I can wait. I can Admiral wait. Cisco yeah, at this Admiral. point. Well, see, here's the thing. Uh, at the very end of D Space Nine, uh, the last episode of D Space Nine is called All That We Leave Behind. Cisco actually goes and I don't want to say lives with the Bajoran prophets in the mm. Celestial Temple, which is the wormhole. Okay. But he is called because throughout all of D Space Nine, the writer spent a great deal of time making Cisco out to be the emissary of the Bajoran prophets. Because mm. as we've as they found out later on, his mother was actually a Bajoran prophet. And so um, at that last episode of Deep Space Nine, all we see is uh, Cisco being called by the Bajoran prophets to help them find their celestial way or whatever. Okay. And so we don't know what happened to him after mm-hmm. that, though. We don't know if he came back or whatever. So that's another reason why I wanted to see him. Oh, okay. It's to kind of like, <laughs> but again, like we said, there's only so much that you can do with a great yeah. storyline. So I'm glad that they didn't do it because of that. I would say for me, the, 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 probably the, the surprise moment was um, when, I mean, I knew they were at this point, I knew they were going to get him out somehow yeah, um, when yeah. they were in the board cube and they told him, you know, if you blow up the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, energy source or the the broadcast or what it was broadcasting or whatever they call it, it's yeah. going to take out the it's going to take out all the people. Yeah. And you've got Riker, Worf, uh, Picard, and his son and Jack, uh, and yeah. Jack there, yeah. still on the cube. Yeah. 
So my big surprise moment was when all of a sudden you see that bright light and here comes yes. the uh, Enterprise D whipping around like right. this. <laughs> like this thing's a race car. It's a galaxy class ship. It can't move that fast. <laughs> whipping around and, 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 you know, and it finds them because it couldn't find them. Of course, the signal was lost and all that. And, uh, right. But anyway, that was the surprise moment. The other surprise moment was the way that, that uh, Data was steering that thing through it, like right. Millennium Falcon style in the Death Star, yeah. you know, to, to, right, to get right. to that energy source in the middle of the cube that's don't ever tell me the odds <laughs> i gotta right? say to me i love my my favorite character would be war i mean would, sorry would be uh, data in this yeah he i mean the way that they were able to let him loose and yeah. and you know it's not that he did anything you know super great it's just that he yeah. he was able to play with emotions that he's never had to play with before right and to see right. that character play with those emotions to me that yeah. was one of the best uh, I like there's still that line from from episode nine when he goes, uh, "What is it? We're all gonna die, or qu- I hope we die quickly. I hope we die quickly. <laughs> yeah, you know." And then he's telling him, "Come on, guys, let me fly this thing. My gut, you know." And they're looking at him like, "What the heck are you talking? Your gut?" And then you know? Jordy says, "Okay, we're gonna go with Data's gut." <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing, man. Yes. So anyway, that was that was probably he's probably been uh, one of my favorite characters. Of course, my man. Did not make it back. I was hoping they would grab the Genesis and go launch him on a planet with uh, the Genesis project. Yeah. Uh, but uh, my man Shaw, Captain Shaw, he did make an appearance though. He did in the end. Yeah. Um, but I was hoping that he would he would somehow make it back. But yeah, they but had to sacrifice him. I had guess. to sacrifice something in there. Hey, if if I didn't get my DS nine characters in there, you don't get your man crush back there. <laughs> All right. So what what do you think about the uh, what do you think about the new crew? Of the Enterprise. Oh my gosh! There. Well, here's the thing. There are so many directions they can go with it. But my concern, Eric, is that uh, a lot of great stories have been told throughout the Star Trek franchise history. Okay. And we're starting to see some new ones being told with Star Trek: Strange New Worlds, and with Discovery yeah. coming to an end, um, beginning this summer. It's in its fifth and final season. There's going to be some more interesting stories left to be told there. So I guess my concern is. How much more of the universe can they actually explore without regurgitating same similar stories from previous series and still making them plausible? Well, they already still making started. Them meaningful? They already started. They with that teaser at the end. With the teaser at the end, which was go ahead and let it out. Which was TNG favorite John Delancey, aka the omnipotent Q. Mm-hmm. Yes, Q makes an appearance. Now we all know that Q was in season two of Picard and we thought that that last episode of season 2 of Picard was going to be Q's official end cuz he even told Picard I am dying and yeah. there's that one tender moment where Patrick Stewart and John Delancey embrace each other and they hug and because of course Q was always a worthy adversary of Picard throughout the run of the next generation but so now whoosh, jump ahead here at the end of season 3 he makes that cameo at the teaser at the yeah. end so and he says and he's there for jack he's there that for was jack. the thing it was like you know my dad told me all about you and you know my dad my dad and he's yeah. like I'm not here for your dad I'm right. here for you and yeah. your legacy you so know? yeah like i just said though there are so many different directions they can go with the storytelling in this now and now that we have we know that 7 of 9 is now a captain and rafi <laughs> is her first officer yeah. and crusher is the special counseling liaison to the captain so what is um, is he kind of like a 
a, a, a kind of like a Deanna Troy position, a basically special... like Deanna Troy. Yeah, because yeah. he, he he got promoted without having to go to Starfleet Academy. <laughs> so he nice, got a chance huh? to, right? I know nepotism does. Like he work. said, like yeah. he said, the name you know the, the name hey, does... street cred, man. Yeah, street yeah, cred street even cred, works cred, in the twenty fifth exactly. century. But if if there is going to be Star Trek Legacy, it will be interesting to see a how long it takes to get off the ground. B, what kind of commitments they can get from the actors, and then C, are we going to get cameos from the next generation cast that, in there? That was that's what I was going to ask you. You know, you're talking about how many stories can they tell, and I was going to say, you know, do you do you think it would it would be too much if they started if they pulled still pulled characters in and out from uh, the next generation? If they do it too much, yes. Because here's the problem with that. If you're pulling the characters out for partic- for a certain number of ep- episodes, like let's say they green light season one off the ground, mm-hmm. and they have Riker come back on the first episode. Or no, Picard comes back on the first episode. Riker comes back on the second. And then uh, Dr. Crusher in the third, so on and so forth. You're All of a sudden now, all of that momentum and all that feeling you put at the end of Picard kind of gets washed away a little bit. I mean, even though we know that they survive and they're still yeah. there in the timeline, that ruins the storyline that you're trying to create for the legacy crew mm. in a way. Now, they can still pull it off by having cameos not be so oversaturated. Have them appear like in the first 10 minutes of the episode and then that's it. Yeah. But if they have them in like the whole duration of the season... Also, Eric, something too that interests me is with if they do Star Trek Legacy, is this going to go back to episodic storytelling the way that Star Trek Strange New Worlds has has gone back to mm-hmm. and the way Next Generation was? Yeah. So, I mean... I, that, I assume. That would I would just cur- assume. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would think so, too. But so, uh, so yeah, it you know, if they find a way to bring in some Next Generation characters to make cameos on occasion... That's fine. Well, listen, they already have, and I think they're 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 gonna they're gonna do it. And here's why I say they're gonna do it. And I don't really have a problem with it because they have Jordy's daughters. As far as you know, both of them are still on the ship. Yes, they are. And we also have Rafi. She's got a connection to Worf. Yes, she does. And now we have, uh, of course, Jack on there. And I don't yeah. know if necessarily Patrick Stewart would be coming back, but I'm sure Beverly would probably make an appearance here and there. And you know what? It may even be just like a, uh, uh, you know, they're they're communicating through the uh, the screen. You know what I mean? It's not necessarily yep. an in-person type yeah. of thing. They might just, you know, flash him in for whatever. But I think they will. But I think like you're, like you're saying, I, I, I think they'll pepper him in, but not, you know. I, I think they're going to let yeah. this crew do its own thing. Yeah. Um, very interesting. You know, it's kind of it's kind of cool for. Can you imagine being an actor and being? Um, I'm, I'm trying to think of the uh, uh, what's her name, Terry Ryan or Jerry Ryan. Jerry sorry. Ryan, yeah. Uh, Jerry Ryan playing Seven of Nine. She's bit. She's essentially going to be on three shows now, right? I mean, that's that's pretty dang good. I would be. I mean, to have a character that you could play on three different. Well, yeah. two, two, possibly three. We don't know right. for sure, but possibly three. That's pretty cool, man. That's pretty amazing, you know, and for her character to be, because, you know, people might have thought that her character is just kind of a, eh, you know, a throwaway character. Okay, it's interesting, a Borg that got, you know, uh-huh. uh, turned around. and But, you know, I mean, t- 
to be able to take that character now and and to to have it on three different shows. Well, you know, Jerry Ryan's character did much for Voyager what Michael Dorn did for Deep Space Nine. When they brought Michael Dorn onto Deep Space Nine as Worf, that really brought Deep Space Nine to life mm. in terms of the ratings, but in terms of the storytelling. And when, the when did they bring him on again? I'm sorry. Uh, they brought Michael Dorn on um, at the very be- um like almost shortly after the beginning of season um, four of DS9. The episode is called Way of the Warrior. And it's where the uh, Klingons sever their peace treaty with the Federation, mm. and they attack Deep Space Nine. Okay, Worf uh, is assigned to Deep Space Nine, and in the timeline, it takes place almost a year after the events of Star Trek Generations, where the Enterprise was destroyed. Mm. And so Worf and you know was enjoying some extended shore leave, and then he finally gets called back into duty, and he serves on DS Nine, where he has to make another tough decision: Do I fight with my Brotherhood Klingons, or do I fight with the uniform that I wear in the Federation? Well, with Jerry Ryan, um, she came on to Star Trek Voyager, I think about their fourth season as well. Mm. And she came on during a time when Voyager's ratings were really, 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 really low. And when it was on a fledgling TV network called the UPN, the United Paramount Network. Oh, that's at the right. Time. That's yeah, right. I remember, I remember that, UPN? Yeah. yeah. And Star Trek Voyager was basically the only thing keeping UPN afloat. But its ratings were really low. And they had to find a way to regurgitate some life into that. And so they said, you know what? Let's think outside the box here. Let's have a Borg be a member of the crew. But how do we do this? And so they brought Jerry Ryan on in season four, and her character became so popular that she catapulted almost single-handedly Voyager back up in the ratings and in popularity as well. So kind of of interesting that you have her popularity um, becoming almost the same, doing the same for Voyager what Michael Dorn did for D Space Nine, because DS9 really didn't become fully popular until after his character well, made the appearance. There. And and then and then for them to actually pull her in in Picard, what was it season yeah. was it season one, right? Season, season no season two. No, no she, season was, one. she was in all three seasons. Season one, that's right. Yeah, yeah season one. Because I, I gotta be honest, I haven't I think yeah. I watched one episode of season two. <laughs> well, if in season one she started out as something called a Fennec Ranger. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Because she was not in Starfleet at the... Well, she was, but she left, and she was a Fennec Ranger. And, yeah, in season one, she she played a a semi-vital role in Picard liberating the the planet that contained all the synthetic life forms and stuff like that. So, yeah, Yeah. she was in all three seasons. Wow, yeah. So, I mean, you know, as far as to be able to... For her to be able to play, you know, this character and and possibly be... I don't know if that's been done before, has it? You think about a character that's been on three shows... Through, um, through the universe, through Star, just Star Trek universe. Th- oh, right. Three different series. It's difficult. Michael Dorn... Well, well, except for Worf now. Michael Dorn actually has the longest tenure of any current cast member being part of the Star Trek franchise. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to take you all the way back. Michael, to Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, which mm. was the last movie featuring the original series crew. Michael Dorn played a character called Colonel Worf, who was Lieutenant Commander, who was Captain Worf's great-grand... Captain Worf's grandfather in the next generation. But he played Colonel Worf, who was a Klingon attorney defending Captain Kirk and Dr. McCoy, who were accused of assassinating the Chancellor of the Klingon High Council in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. So Dorn was in that. It was was in Star Trek VI. And then, of course, he was in all seven seasons of The Next Generation, and then in the final five seasons of Deep, Deep Space, Space Nine. Nine. And then on Picard. And then on Picard. So yeah. he has the Playing long- the same character, though. He's playing the same three, character. He's been in three seasons now. Yeah, so he has the longest tenure of any actor wow. in Star Trek, when you look at it. Yeah. And then I would say... Um, 
No, not even Patrick Stewart. It's it's Dorn has the longest yeah. tenure. So he he's got the longest so far. Yeah, he's got the longest playing the the, the same character. Yeah. Oh, and, and by the way, original series fans, uh, you'll know that very beginning of Star Trek Picard features the voice of U- the United Federation of Planets President Anton Chekhov. Oh, that's right. That's right. Who is voiced by Walter Koenig, mm. and Anton Chekhov is the son of. Pavel Chekhov, yeah. the former helmsman of the Enterprise. <laughs> we are the nuclear vessels. <laughs> so um, yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So after everything that we have talked about, it just um, I, I don't know. You know, it's 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 a lot to process, and, it and is, it's really it hard. And, you know, I got I got to say, we haven't really done this where we've watched a show and then directly commented on it and it's hard because you know what there's so much floating around there's so much i know that i'm gonna miss yeah i'm gonna be like oh why didn't i bring that up why didn't i bring this up and we may we may kind of you know revisit it i think actually i was funny because i was thinking about it watching this i go you know towards the end of this ser- uh, show finale i was thinking i'm going to go back now and rewatch it i'm gonna go back and rewatch the whole season now because it's yeah. just it was that good and i know yep. there's so much that i missed and now yep. i can it's kind of funny because you do that you're watching it because you want to see what happens and then after right. now you know you can go back and just kind of enjoy yeah. what happens it's a whole different experience yeah, absolutely and i'm excited to actually uh to get back in there yeah i will say one, one of the best lines for me was the uh when uh when wharf goes uh wh- what did he say they were talking about <laughs> Of course, Picard's like, I'll go. I'm going into the Borg, and then of course, Riker's like, I'm going too. And then it says, uh, uh, "Didn't Worf say, let's make it a threesome, or I'll make it a threesome, and I'll go with you. I'll make it a threesome." And then Riker <laughs> says, "Did you just hear yourself?" <laughs> Riker steps out and says, "Are you? Did you just hear yourself? Or did you, say, yeah, are, yeah. Are you, are you listening to yourself? Are you or listening something? to yourself? Yeah, yeah. that is." Oh my god! In fact, they, as I remember, you actually, actually, your wife wanted you to pause and rewind that so she could hear that all over again, just to make sure we yeah, heard the right we thing. We cracked up so much. That right. was great. That was a great right, moment. Right. You know, they had a lot of great moments, but I mean, you know, really, just the writing. It was so funny because it, the writing in this, in the whole series, but I mean, in the whole season, I should say, not series, in the whole yeah. season, um, but in spe- specifically in the last two episodes, was just brilliant. Yeah. It wasn't forced. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh, I got to, you know, uh, vomit all this uh, dialogue out there and explain everything. No. Yeah. It just it seemed like the writing was just so smooth. It was true to the characters. It let things happen. There yes. were real moments on there, yeah. you know, uh, on the show that as a fan, you just enjoyed and just kind of swam in. I mean, it was just like you're saying, I mean, I re- rewound that just so we could hear that again. That was yeah. just the f- that was those yeah. lines were just great. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. They were, and you know what? It it w- it was very loose writing. It wasn't like during the run of the Next Generation where you had a lot of techno babble talk and you had a lot of, well, Captain uh, Shields down to sixty eight percent. We have a proto we have a protophasic display that is affecting <laughs> the uh, Geiger readings yeah. of the shield. It was very loosely based writing, and so that's what made it very enjoyable. Is because you didn't have to worry about trying to decipher the techno babble that was so prevalent mm. in the next generation and the subsequent um, spinoff series. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and suffice to Good say, for people like me that are that are that don't have the well, <laughs> that aren't very technical. Well, but you know, and you know, Eric, that was the best thing about this series is that I'm I'm hoping as a lifelong Star Trek fan, as a lifelong fan of the next generation, I'm hoping that this inspires the younger generation of kids here, and I say kids because mm. that's what they are—they're kids. 
to maybe get inspired to watch all seven seasons or binge mm. some of the episodes of seven seasons of the next generation. It might seem to them what the what the original series was to me really cheesy and outdated and some kind of effects that still use matte paintings and everything like that. Yeah. But the writing on those episodes for Next Generation was very good for its time. And I'm hoping that a, a younger generation gets latched on to the next generation simply because of what Picard did. Mm. That's my hope as a Star Trek fan. If it doesn't happen, I'm not going to cry a foul. I'm not going to sit back <laughs> and sulk. I'm just, you know, it just... Um, well, I, I think you're right. I think it was definitely going to create some interest in mm-hmm. um, um, in the, the next generation, in the the, uh, the yeah. older uh, series. Yeah. For sure. And, and probably the movies, too. Yeah. But, um, you know... It, and thinking about this is funny when when this episode started, um, and towards the end of the last episode too. You know, I was thinking about how you know I to me the Enterprise D was the ugliest <clears throat> Enterprise in the in the in the whole <laughs> galaxy of Enterprises, right? right I mean, to me, it was like uh, just like they said in the beginning of it, which is so funny when they made that when they made a comment yeah. about the bartender told the Riker because uh, yeah. you know nobody wants the fat ones, <laughs> right? You know, it was like oh my gosh, it was so it, it was great because it made fun of itself, and I think a lot of people thought that too because of that comment. But yeah. Um, I, I will say that I have a new love affair with the Enterprise D now. After this season, yeah. I I love the Enterprise D. You know, to me, the original Enterprise... Now, I grew up on the original TV series. I didn't sure. watch it when it first came out, but I saw it in syndication, and it yeah. was before The Next Generation. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I to be honest, when I first saw uh, The Next Generation, I, I do remember... I remember watching the first episode. I mean, I can remember watching the first episode. Mm-hmm. It was the first time that, I mean, uh, we had the motion picture. We had the the, the original crew mm-hmm. did a couple of movies. They did, yeah. But um, it was the first time that, of course, a new TV show, new characters. Yeah. And like I said, you know, and, and in the beginning I was like, man, I could take it or leave it. I mean, I wasn't completely sold on it. And I was like, eh, yeah. Enterprise, I'm not sure if I'm down with the look of this Enterprise and stuff. Right. <clears throat> but this, this season has made me long and love Mm-hmm. The next generation, so much more, yeah, and just the characters and and the enterprise, the ship specifically. I yeah. mean, I it's really hard to put into words, but but yeah, I mean, it's funny how it's it's turned me around, and maybe I'm more kind of waxing nostalgic, you know, for for a time in my life when when that when the show was on and and just that that you know that period, but um, it it is. I mean, it, it the show really the season did a great job of crafting. Mm-hmm. Those for for us for the fans and even the not you know the fans that weren't gushing over the next generation series right it it made me long for it even more and just yeah. like you're saying I may actually go back and I know you have all the seasons I may actually go yep. back and start watching the all the seasons again just to kind of catch up and even the stuff that I didn't necessarily like you know you're good at locking in because you know all these the the, the facts and the, you know the, yeah. this character and that character. And so maybe I need to go back and watch it again and really get those characters locked in. I mean, I want yeah. to. Yeah. And it's made me do that. Just like you're saying that maybe a yeah. younger generation will watch. Yeah. It's making me, when I was there originally, yeah. want to go back and watch the series now as it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's that, That's the beauty of this franchise is that there there is something for every generation to latch on to, characters for every generation to latch onto because they um, they give us certain type they give us a certain feel a certain meaning in our lives maybe 
Mm. Um, you know, just for me in general, I'm just a huge st- science fiction fan in general, which is why I love Star Trek and Star Wars as much as I do, but other forms of science fiction as well. But like with Star Trek in particular, um, you know, I was like you, Eric, where I watched the original series in syndication and I enjoyed it. I thought it was really cheesy. Considering that it ran from 1966 to 1969, back then that was, you know, top of the line for what they did in terms of effects and everything else. But, you know, the original series kind of had me going, okay, I'm kind of liking this a lot. Mm. And then I saw the some of the movies based off the original series, Wrath of Khan being the best one still in the franchise history, and then yeah. Star Trek IV The Voyage Home, yes, the one with the whales, got me more into Star Trek. And then when Next Generation came out, I was like, all right, this is on my wavelength here mm. now. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think when Next Generation came out, I think it was a little more... Um, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe my impression now looking back on it, I think it, it is a little more adult Uh than what, you know, it's a different feel for sure. Right. Because when I was younger, I mean, I, to me, like I said, the enterprise, you know, Captain Kirk, that was Star Trek, you know, and I, the next generation it's like, okay, they got to live up to that in my mind. Yeah. And it was a different, it was a whole different show. It wasn't, you know, they didn't have the cowboy Captain Kirk character. And, you know, there was a, the characters were completely different. So, so yep. yeah, so that's why I didn't cling to them as much maybe as, as the, the, uh, the original, you know, that, that caught me when I was younger, you know, and oh, wow, look at that spaceship and, you know, right. all that kind of stuff. And, right. but, um, but yeah, I, I think, I think now it has given me, I, I definitely love and respect the next generation, mm-hmm. um, a thousand percent more more than I ever have. Yeah. And and I definitely want one of those Enterprise Ds. I mean that <laughs> I'm in love with that ship now. I'm in love. I mean it's right up there to me with the original Enterprise. I, oh, I yeah, love definitely. I love I love those two ships now are, are for me. Definitely. It was it was just the original Enterprise. Yeah. Now it's the Enterprise and the Enterprise D. So. I, I would also say too that getting while you're on the topic of the Enterprise, the set that was recreated for the Enterprise D, the bridge set um, whoever de- whoever designed that did a fantastic job of recreating it based off the original set. Mm. So uh, several years ago, there was an auction at Christie's Auction House in New York where all of this Star Trek memorabilia and Star Trek set pieces and prop pieces from the series were auctioned off to fans. The reason why, really? just stay with me here for a minute, follow me, because I'll tell you why this leads up to the set that we saw in Picard. The reason why all of that was auctioned off was because all of the props and models and costumes and set pieces sat in a warehouse on the Paramount Pictures back lot just collecting dust. Mm. And a man by the name of Michael Okuda who was one of the scenic art designers for The Next Generation and all of the other Star Trek series, um, literally looked looked at all that stuff and said, this is just collecting dust. We can't throw it out. We don't want to toss it out. Yeah. How do we want to deal with this? And so he had a unique idea where he contacted Christie's Auction House and said, you know what? We have a bevy of Star Trek fans across the globe. Let's let them own a piece of history. Mm. And so portions of the Enterprise D bridge set were broken down and uh, were auctioned off at Christie's Auction House. Okay. Like some some fans, uh, one fan I think got an auction winning bid for the uh, the dedication at the bronze dedication placard mm. on the bridge. Another one won one of the chairs that Data and Jordy sat on and the bridge consoles. But the guy who the people who redesigned this Enterprise D bridge set, this was a brand new set. 
Wow. They didn't take I was the, wondering. The, it was a brand new set. They didn't mm. take the original one out of the warehouse, dust it off, vacuum the carpet, and say, okay, great, here, throw some Windex on the panels and make it look squeaky clean. This was a brand new set redesigned from the original specs that they still had when they designed the original Enterprise D bridge set way back in 1987. Wow. Yeah, so whoever designed it did a top-notch job making it look like the original bridge set. That's what impressed me the most about that, too, was I was just like, oh, my God, this is the actual Enterprise D bridge. Wow, yeah, I didn't realize yeah. that they had had gotten rid of it. I thought maybe they yeah. had, you know, maybe, you figure some pieces might... Yeah you know, get lost, but then it's like, you know, that they probably just kind of patched it together and it was, it was the original set somehow. There was a special on, uh, I think it was History Channel, with Leonard Nimoy, before he passed away, actually narrating it, talking about the auction that was done at Christie's. Mm. And I mean, Eric, everything. Props, costumes, wow. set pieces. They even had some of Spock's ears <laughs> that were auctioned off. Yes. Because he had oh Leonard Nimoy gosh. had multiple ears, but at anyway, we're, we're very too far off the course no, of what no, we're no, talking but, about. Kind know. of, but but yeah, it's 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 stuff like this that Picard, as a, for me as a lifelong fan, drew brought the inspiration back to me. And just thinking about mm. all the love that I've had for Star Trek because of well, all this. Well, stuff. no, you're talking about the set, and that just goes to show. I mean, there's so many people involved in this in this yes. uh, uh, series or this season that um, you know that that had the love. I mean, just um, they did an amazing job, and yeah. so we just want to <clears throat> say thank you to everyone. And like I said, yes. there's, we can't mention yes. everybody, but. Right. Thank you to everyone. I will say that on Twitter to, today, I'm not sure how old the tweet was, but I did see that Jonathan uh, Frakes had uh, was tweeting that. Uh, you know they need to help help filling up the Enterprise D with crew members. Right. So you could actually tw uh, tweet your name, and then they would tweet back your uh, your rank and your position. I did that. <laughs> you did that. What did you get? I did not get a response. No. no. I'm thinking they're he's busy on the board cube right now. He'll exactly. get back to you when he, he can. He better. God dang it. And if I get anything. <laughs> And center below, I'm gonna be ticked. He was he was like he was messaging Deanna. He was mine, you right. know, mine messenger and her saying, uh, there's a guy named Jason. Yep. Can you uh what, you know right? come if on, I don't Mzotti. make it, can you give him a position? Right? Come on, Mzotti. Come on, come on, read well, my you mind. might get it. It's funny, I kinda thought I go, should I do it or not? And I said, oh, I'll pass. I, I don't know. I did you it. did it. That is great, man. And if I get a response, okay. I will let you, you know. You have to keep us updated. Yes, yeah, I will. definitely. I will let you know. I don't know, man. I don't know if there's too much more to, to say about this. this. This episode, to me, like I, like I go back and say, uh, said originally, is that this thing was perfection. They did a great job. Um, you know, it, it, it was perfection. It wasn't perfect, but it was perfection. It's titled The Last Generation, by the way. Oh, very good point. It is titled The Last, Last Generation. Generation. Um, I liked how they, they ended it with all the characters. The other surprise moment... Um, was when they brought when when of course Jack's talking about you know he's he's uh, positioned on a starship and and they actually surprise Picard with he goes oh you're on the Titan he goes well not exactly and then they they pan right. up to the top of the the ship and it says the Enterprise you know the Enterprise G G yeah um, that was that was another sweet little moment they they had so <laughs> many sweet moments in there and that's what it was you know and it, it was I. I don't know why they did it. Was it a thank you to the fans? That's what I'm going to take it as. You know, yeah. it really was. And 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 all I got to say is is thank you to the cast and crew and all the members um, of the production team, writers, everybody who was involved in this uh, show because you guys did an amazing job. The editors, editors never get any. I love editing. Editors never get any uh, love. Right. Um, right. But but thank you guys uh, so much. 
mm-hmm. it was amazing from one fan one fan just thank you it was amazing it was truly amazing and from a lifelong fan thank you again for reinvigorating my love of star trek reinvigorating my love of a future where anything is possible mm. and like um like patrick stewart's character uh, picard said uh well the sky's the limit or riding the waves where's yeah. that quote from i know that's a famous quote and i couldn't i couldn't get it that little riding the waves yeah where was that one from uh, is that a Shakespeare quote? I gotta look that one up. I, I think so. It might have been. Yeah, probably. Keanu Reeves. Before point we break. go, <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Point Break. Whoa. What is he from? Point Break. Whoa! <laughs> they should have no. brought Keanu Reeves on there. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Before we go, though, yes, let me ask yes. you this: What did you think of the, the Borg Queen? Oh wow! So the Borg Queen really was Alice Kriega. She yes. came back to play the Borg Queen. Something interesting, I thought. The way they made her look. First of all, the makeup and the costume was just incredible. But I thought they made her look like. The, the xenomorph queen on aliens kind mm, of in a way because she was in kinda. in like a little cocoon or something like yeah. that and but she was she was stationary she wasn't mobile you know she was raised up kind of high and she was just like stuck there well I think there's know? two reasons so, I think I think that one, one of the reasons that she was kind of stuck there was uh, she is older yeah mm-hmm. so I don't know what her mobility is like you yeah. know so maybe they didn't really want her moving too much and two the, and same with Picard. He's older. They can't be, you know, flying around, jumping and doing all this stuff. Right. They have, you know, he can't. Uh, so he has to, you know, he was unplugging Jack, but he can't really have anybody. I mean, it wouldn't look right for him to be fighting off a Borg, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, a Borg person or the Borg, Borg queen. Um, it That was the one kind of odd thing I will say. It was kind of interesting having her up there, though, kind of immobile. Like she was kind of like preaching, yeah. like she's at a pulpit almost, yeah. you know. That was kind of interesting. I mean, the the, the imagery was, was okay. It was. You know? The imagery was great. The set um, was great, too. Yeah, and, and so it was almost like she was kind of preaching and all that. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it was kind of that they didn't have her do anything else. You know, she just kind of stood or was there immobile, you know. But I think in a way it's fitting that they did it that way, Eric, because she represents, like like uh, Picard alluded to, she represents the last of the Borg. Mm. I mean, the Borg have been the probably the most popular characters in the Star Nemesis and the in, yeah in, in the, the universe in the Star Trek it, franchise yeah they've been the mo- one of the most popular characters and so <clears throat> the last time excuse me the last time we saw the Borg was at the end of Star Trek Voyager and Star Trek First Contact they kind of came back a little bit in Star Trek Enterprise but where I'm going with this is that she represented the very last of the Borg. And if they did this, if they destroyed this cube that she was on, boom, that's it. No more, no more Borg. Mm. And so I thought it was kind of also fitting that you bring an end to the Next Generation cast. You also bring an end to their greatest foe ever, which is the Borg. So, but did they? But that remains to be seen. Yeah. The Borg are out there still, probably. Well, knows. and it's interesting because it goes right along with the name, doesn't it? The Last Generation, because yeah. this is the last generation of the Borg. Yeah. At, at least this this style of Borg. Yeah. And it's the last generation of, you know, mm-hmm. obviously, you know, the Enterpri- uh, Enterprise D right. crew. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's very true. I mean, I guess, I guess it kind of summed up the name, kind of summed up both of them, the last generation. And, and I guess, yeah, I mean, you know, mm, I did, uh, uh, I, I, it was very interesting when they hit the, the ship mm-hmm. and, 
it was cannibalizing itself. Yeah. That was interesting. It was almost like it was going to be trans... Because if I, if I remember correctly, they were going to be transferred basically to the new this new generation, yes. essentially, of, of Starfleet mm-hmm. officers that were infused with the DNA. Yes. Um, I don't know what that would have meant for the Borg Queen, right, going forward. That would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't know either. I mean, I can only guess. Now, I will say that, you know, it, it didn't get too mushy. And that's another thing I did like. Now, I, I did get a little uh, misty-eyed, you know, when, when Picard's there with Jack. And, right. and, and when he in, injects himself into the, the collective mind, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Picard does. And he's in there with Jack and he's talking to him. And they right. did a great job. They didn't make it too mushy. And they, like I said, same thing. They didn't get too much dialogue, have to explain everything. They just kind of made it simple. Yeah, you know, exactly. and and it worked for the show. So they did a yeah. great job of that. They did. Any uh, any last thoughts here um, before we uh, we uh, close it out today, man? I just don't want it to end. I know, right? Any last thoughts for me? Just that I have thoroughly enjoyed. I know, folks, that we have deviated from what we normally feature on Pardon the Intermission here, but had so much fun just talking about Star Trek with you guys talking about the popularity of Star Trek Mm. Picard and again as a lifelong Star Trek fan just hoping that those of you who are listening to this um, even if you're not a Star Trek fan that's okay if you just want to watch it and be enjoyed by it the way Eric and I were that's fine too but um, I just uh, when we uh, next week we'll come back at you with some of our other content that we're known for talking about here but we just felt that it was really important because um, this that's how good this show has been. And so I just hope that for all of you out there who decide to watch this show, uh, give it a chance. Um, enjoy being taken away with the last of the next generation. And uh, yeah, give, give the old series a try. Yeah. And then stream all seven seasons on Paramount Plus if you have Paramount Plus of the next generation. Do they have seven the seven seasons on there? Not Yes. They have all the next generation, the original series, wow. D Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise. There you go. You're going to find anything and everything, all Star Trek on there. But so, yeah, th- those are my last words. Sit back. Enjoy. Let it transport you and take you away. Well, you know, and, and I think too, people out there listening. I mean, I'm sure you know we have a lot of uh, people listening that enjoyed the show too. And so, yeah, you know, it's okay to do a little deep dive and just do a Absolutely. little geeking out on yeah, on a, on that's a show what this is here about. and there. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's fun for yeah. us and it's fun for the for for the audience. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that here's the deal here. here I'm going to make a prediction. My last thoughts. Sure. I, I still think I'm not giving up on my boy. I still think that what happens <laughs> is that there is a, yes, the cube did blow up. We yes. saw it blow up. Yes. One of the Borg, here's my, here's my, uh, here's my deal. One of the Borg, uh, my prediction, one of the Borg bodies is floating, was floating out there in space. Mm-hmm. I think seven of nine grabbed it. We okay. didn't see it, but she grabbed it. Okay. Uh, in uh, when she was flying around in the uh, mm-hmm. Titan, okay, they cryo froze Shaw's head, okay, woo, and they're gonna stick it on a Borg body, and he's coming back. He is coming back. He might not be as quick or as mobile as he once was, but he is a, he is a mechanic, right? Yeah, he's a grease monkey. He's a grease monkey, so he yeah. can fix himself. So they get his head on there, and then he fixes the body up. And uh, anyway, sorry, folks. No, I had to go there. You know what? I, I really hoped. I really <laughs> hope. I really hope Shaw would have made it. I tell you what, you did a great job, uh, Todd uh, yeah. Stashwick, the the actor Thank that played you, him. Yeah. You're you're you're. I got to say that I I was impressed by Data, but really one of my favorite characters of yeah. this new characters is was definitely Captain Shaw. 
And I, I hope that somehow they yeah. can bring you back. I will forget. I don't care how they do it. Put right. them on a Borg body. I don't care. I will forgive it. But please come back. But anyway, uh, just real quick before I before I go, I just did, yeah. did want to say once again, thank you to all. Yes. Thank you to all, all of you guys putting up with us out there and listening yes. to it. Thank you to, to everyone that's involved with season three. I still, I will probably not watch season two going forward. <laughs> I'm going to give up on Picard season two. Okay, I will not fine. rewatch season one. Okay. But I'm going to re, you know, it's funny. Season three stands alone and, yeah. and it does play in with the other characters that were introduced, but sure it does. really, it really can stand alone. And I'll just go back and watch season three again. Yeah. But, do it. Do it. Yeah. I'm going to. So anyway. So, uh oh. Hey. Time to hit that warp speed button. That's all the, yeah, we're warping out of here. That's all yep. the time we have. We <laughs> hope you guys did enjoy this. Please remember, we do have the social media accounts we had uh, we have twitter at uh, pti underscore podcast and on facebook at pardon the intermission and like i said if you want to uh, get your name in there with jonathan frakes check out his twitter and uh, get, get your position your name in there with your position and your rank right. on the enterprise d so Let's make it so <laughs> all right guys take care until next time good night hey thank you so much for listening now, I want you to go check out one of the other best podcasts around. It's called the No Focus Radio Hour. It has comedy and insight from the greatest minds in the know. And how do I know? Well, because I'm part of that great show also. So please go check it out. It's available on all your podcasting apps. The No Focus Radio Hour. <laughs>